Hey ladies, welcome to the Lifestyle MD Podcast. Are you a woman physician or healthcare provider who is struggling to prioritize your health and fitness? Are you afraid that putting your needs first makes you selfish and it gets in the way of your roles as a doctor, a wife, or a mom? Are you tired of starting and stopping fitness programs only to find yourself falling back into old self-tabotaging habits? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Angela, a duly board certified internal medicine pediatrics physician, wife, mom, stepmom, and your fit lifestyle coach. This podcast will move you from running on empty and wishing you were in better health to pouring from a full cup and living your best fit life indefinitely. All right, let's get into it. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of the Lifestyle MD. I am your host, Dr. Angela, and this is episode number four. Since nutrition is something that I discuss all the time with patients and clients, and it's also one of the very first things that people are curious about, I decided to make a multi-part series around this topic. I'm going to kick off this series focusing specifically on macronutrients, and protein will be the first macronutrient we will discuss. In this episode, I'm going to get into the importance of protein and why you should care about it as a woman. I'll explain where to get protein, both plant-based and non-plant-based varieties. I'll discuss how much is enough and why. And finally, I'll give you some strategies on how to ensure that you're getting adequate protein in your meals throughout the day. But before we get into a detailed discussion about protein, I want to make sure that everyone is starting off with the same foundational knowledge about what macronutrients are. Every human being relies on three essential macronutrients, carbohydrates, protein, and fat. The importance of each one of these macronutrients have been downplayed at some stage over the course of most of our lifetime. In fact, some fat diets have push the near exclusion of an entire macronutrient, such as fat or carbohydrates most recently. The fact of the matter is they are all important. A carbohydrate is essentially a sugar molecule. Your body takes carbohydrates, breaks it down into glucose, and uses it for energy. Carbohydrates are found in a wide variety of foods, both healthy and unhealthy. Some examples of carbohydrates include bread, baked goods, cereals, pastas, and grains, vegetables, fruits, and beans. I'll share more information about carbohydrates in the carbohydrate episode. For now, let's move on to fat. First of all, let me just say that I absolutely deplore the label low-fat or low-fat foods because that automatically means that they are increasing sugar, starch, or adding all sorts of additives in order to improve the taste of that product and make it desirable if they are cutting out fat. It also means that you are not going to get quite as full, so you're going to have to eat more of that food group or food product in order to get satisfied. So what is fat? It's an essential nutrient that provides you with fatty acids. Fatty acids, or fat in general, helps your body to absorb essential micronutrients such as vitamin A, vitamin D, and vitamin E. Fat protects your inner organs, and if you're a woman, it allows estrogen to function properly so that you can have regular menstrual cycles if you're still menstruating. It also helps you preserve your bones, and it also makes everything taste a whole lot better and improves satiety. There are four main types of fats in our diet, monounsaturated fats, polyunsaturated fats, saturated fats, and trans fats. 
Put simply, monounsaturated fats and polyunsaturated fats are considered the healthy fats, and saturated fats and trans fats are considered the unhealthy fats. Again, I'll get into more detail about fats when I do the fat-specific episode. Now it's time to get to the main event, protein. Why am I starting with protein, you may ask? Well, it's because most women overwhelmingly eat insufficient quantities of protein, and it's a pretty amazing macronutrient that you're missing out on. Protein can single-handedly reduce blood sugar swings, help you make muscle, improve your metabolism, help you recover from intense workouts, and also stay full longer. The Dietary Reference Intake, published by the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine, recommends that that both men and women consume 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. That's equivalent to 0.36 grams of protein per one pound of body weight. This data is referenced in a document that was published by the Academy in 2005. That works out to be about 46 grams of protein for an average adult woman. If you are an active adult woman, this is inadequate. Countless studies have demonstrated that diets that are rich in protein have lower rates of obesity, osteoporosis, diabetes, heart disease, and have better levels of cholesterol as long as you're consuming healthy, lean sources of protein. There's also more to protein than just building muscle. You need protein for immunity, hormone production, enzymes, sleep, digestion, and even ovulation. So the thing about protein is that it can actually get a little bit complicated. Protein is actually composed of 20 amino acids. Every source of protein you consume does not contain all 20 of those amino acids. And to make matters more complicated, our bodies are actually capable of making 11 of those amino acids, which means we have to consume the other nine amino acids directly from our diet. If you've ever heard terms like complete and incomplete protein, a complete protein is one that contains all of the essential nine amino acids that our body cannot make on its own. And an incomplete protein is missing one of those nine essential amino acids. So in other words, you do not have to contain all 20 amino acids for your protein source to be complete. It just has to have the nine essential amino acids in it that you do not make on your own. So where do we get our protein in our diet? The obvious sources of protein are animal products such as meat, fish, eggs, and most dairy products. There are also plant sources of protein such as nuts, whole grains, and vegetables. Unfortunately, plant-based forms of protein are mostly incomplete. This means in order to consume enough complete proteins in a predominantly plant-based diet, you'll have to eat a variety of foods that contain the various different forms of amino acids so that you get the total amount of essential amino acids you need throughout the day. Animal-based proteins are naturally rich in all of the essential amino acids, so no additional work is necessary there. Not to worry, however, if you are a predominantly plant-based eater. You do not need to consume complete proteins with every meal. You just need to ensure that you're getting all of the essential amino acids over the course of the day. And some foods that we naturally combine together work in cohort to make a complete protein. So, for example, peanut butter on bread, beans and rice is a classic one. Together, those plant-based sources make a complete protein. So how much protein is actually enough? The reality is on the low end of the scale, you should really be consuming one to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. If you're very active, you should stick to the higher end of that range and perhaps even higher, depending on how active you really are. For most people that I work with, I would recommend sticking to 1.0 grams per pound of body weight. 
And that protein should not be consumed all at one time. You should be spreading that protein out throughout the day with significant emphasis on your protein consumption at your first meal of the day and also protein right after your workout. Almost every woman that I work with, barring a few exceptions who are already familiar with this or maybe working with trainers, women tend to consume inadequate amounts of protein with their meals in the morning or breakfast, as we'll call it. And it is extremely critical that you get a healthy dose of protein at that meal along with your carbohydrates to start your day off because you just finished fasting for the night. Your body needs to restock its stores and you also need to have a healthy amount of protein to help with hunger and satiety throughout the early part of the day. So at bare minimum, try to get 25 to 30 grams of protein with your morning meal. When I sit with women and calculate how much protein they're actually consuming with their morning meal, sometimes they're consuming 5, 10 grams, but usually somewhere around 12 grams of protein in the morning. Sometimes a woman will tell me, oh, you know, I'll eat a boiled egg or a scrambled egg in the morning. Well, one egg only contains 6 grams of protein, and that's if you eat the whole egg and not just the egg white. I want to try to keep this episode simple, so I'm not going to get into the particulars of timing protein intake as it pertains to exercise and recovery and muscle repair. I'm also not going to get into the um, fast and slow releasing protein, um, as there are some differences that matter when you're trying to build muscle. I'll have to reserve that for another podcast episode because it does get a little bit complicated and kind of takes us into. So where should you be looking for protein in your diet? Well, that's a question that depends a little bit on your dietary preferences. If you are a meat eater, you can get protein from meat, fish, eggs, most dairy products. If you are a plant-based eater, then you're going to be getting your protein from nuts, whole grains, vegetables. Um, These are, however, usually incomplete sources of protein. The fact of the matter is that most foods actually contain some amount of protein. Take, for example, a banana. A banana is not considered a protein-rich food, but it does contain more than one gram of protein. For another example would be brown rice. This provides about 2.5 grams of protein in one cup. And similarly, broccoli. One cup of broccoli contains nearly four grams of protein. Over the course of the day, you can see how you can accumulate protein from not just your meat sources, but also your vegetable sources and fruit sources. Um, so it's not just about whether or not you are exclusively a meat eater or a plant-based eater. You really should be eating a variety of foods from all different sources. If you remember back to one of my previous episodes, I talked about the three cues, quality, quantity, and query. Think about getting a variety of food sources, regardless of how you eat. And also think about the quality of the foods that you're eating. So I kind of nonchalantly mentioned that plant-based sources of protein tend to be incomplete. So that means that you need to kind of pair up different plant-based foods in order to have all of the essential amino acids. You don't have to eat them all in one meal, but you do need to kind of get all of those essential amino acids over the course of the day. When you eat predominantly all of your protein from meat-based or animal-based sources, you're getting a complete protein no matter what. Now, this is right around where I would show you a nice pretty chart or table with healthy sources of protein. Um, Instead of doing that, because I am doing a podcast, I'm just going to highlight some of my favorite protein sources. I am a huge fan of eggs. I tend to combine a whole egg with egg whites. So I will often have one whole egg and two to three egg whites. Uh, Two large eggs is 12 grams of protein. Three egg whites is 11 grams of protein. So if you want to think in terms of equivalents, the other source of protein I particularly enjoy is fish, eat salmon, shrimp, tuna. I don't consume dairy, so dairy is not on my list, but dairy, especially Greek yogurt, can be a great source of protein. I also love lentils. Lentils are 
super high in protein. One cup of lentils is 18 grams of protein. And then, of course, there's always chickpeas and black beans. Love those two sources. Each one is worth seven grams of protein per half cup. If you combine legumes with rice, so beans and rice, that makes a combined lentil soup with whole grains of some variety. That's also going to give you a complete protein. Pita chips and hummus, complete protein. Spinach salad with sunflower seeds, complete protein. Whole wheat bread with nut butter, complete protein. Beans and rice, like I said, complete protein. So these are ways to get complete proteins from a plant-based diet. Fun fact, quinoa is a complete protein, as is soy, buckwheat, hemp seeds, chia seeds, spirulina, temp, and amaranth. So if you're interested or love any of those items, you can also consume those and get a complete protein source. Now, plant-based eaters are at greatest risk of being deficient in lysine or getting inadequate amounts of lysine. So that's an essential amino acid. And this amino acid is very important for building lean muscle and it's very important for active muscle tissue growth. You can get this from quinoa, lentils, and soybeans. So if this is something that you struggle with, you want to make sure that you are potentially paying attention to your lysine, where you're getting it from in your diet. Simple, right? So just to review, we covered the overall definition of what uh, carbohydrate, protein, and fat includes and why they're important. We This episode specifically focused on proteins. Remember that proteins are important for muscle growth, repair, strength adaptation. Proteins are like extremely important and key to your success if you're trying to manage your weight um, if you're trying to improve your endurance and, and improve your overall quality of function, also maintain your lean muscle mass. Activities lasting more than two hours, amino acids contribute up to 5 to 10% of the fuel necessary to keep going. If you are performing endurance sports or an endurance athlete, you should be consuming upwards of one gram of protein per pound of body weight per day for optimal muscle growth, repair and recovery and fat mobilization. If you're shortchanging your body on protein, your body will use its carbohydrate stores for repair and for growth of your muscles instead of refueling your muscles and for glycogen storage as it's supposed to. And finally, as you age, it's even more critical that you are consuming adequate amounts of protein. Again, upwards of 1 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Protein synthesis and muscle growth and repair declines with age, so consuming adequate amounts of protein is even more critical. Make sure that all of your protein, whether it's from animal-based products or plant-based products, are from quality, whole sources. So don't opt for the meat substitutes. Opt for either lean, organic, grass-fed, you know, the best quality of meat that you can get your hands on. So whatever that best quality is, that's what you should be using. Uh, Also opt for the best quality plant-based sources that you can get a hold of and try to make sure that they are minimally, if not, not processed at all. I recommend starting your day off or your first meal at least should be rich in protein, aiming for 25 to 30 grams of protein. Make sure that your first meal after your workout is rich in protein. Again, 25 to 30 grams of protein. Make sure that you are spreading your protein out throughout the day or throughout your eating cycle. Again, you should be aiming for 1 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And if you're looking for some ideas on protein sources, I will post a link below in the show notes so you can just reference some great places or some get some ideas about healthy sources of protein in your diet. I hope you found this episode helpful. 
tune in for episode five where I will discuss carbohydrates and then we'll end this series with fat. That's it for today. Tune in next time. Again, don't forget to share this with a friend. If you found this episode helpful, don't forget to rate and review it. And that's it. I am Dr. Angela, and this is the Lifestyle MD Podcast. Thanks for joining. This has been another episode of the Lifestyle MD. Special thank you to Lou Musa for the show theme music created with Brie Photography and Makeup by Janae for the cover photo. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you haven't already, please subscribe today and share with another woman doctor who may benefit. You may also follow me on Instagram at Angela Lifestyle MD. I am Dr. Angela. Thank you for joining me today.